The Holy Gospel according to John, the 16th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot hear, bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, you will be guided. You will be guided into all the truth, for the Spirit will not speak out of the Spirit's own authority, but will speak whatever the Spirit hears, and will declare to you the things that are to come. The Spirit will glorify me, taking what is mine and declaring it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason I said that the Spirit will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. In the name of our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, dear friends, I'm not sure about you, but I'm a bit of an old soul when it comes to movie comedies. Over my growing up years, I enjoyed the comedic genius of Mel Brooks, Gene Wilder, in flicks like Young Frankenstein, if you ever have seen it. If not, I encourage it. And then fellows who brought us the Monty Python movies, Eric Idle, John Cleese, and more. They were the type of comedies that I would love to watch over and over again, especially with my dad, who made Belly laugh like he didn't normally laugh, and it just made me laugh. It was so infectious. And I laughed just as hard each time that he laughed, and we laughed together. I still enjoy these films today, to this day. And when thinking about celebrating Holy Trinity today, I came across one of those comedies that I haven't seen. It's the 1990s flick with Eric Idle and Robbie Coltrane entitled Nuns on the Run. These two guys are on the run from a life of crime and go into hiding under the cover of nuns in an abbey. And there's a great scene where one is helping the other prepare for teaching a class that is coming up and they have a conversation about the Holy Trinity. While the conversation is quick-witted and funny, it's meant to be confusing as well. Difficult to follow, especially for non-native English speakers. I wasn't able to prepare a clip of this sermon, but I'll do some dual acting for you right now so you can get a sense of the conversation. One nun begins. You've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. The three are one. Like a shamrock, my old priest used to say, three leaves, yet one leaf. Now the Father sent down the Son, who was love, and then he went away. He sent down the Holy Spirit, who came down in the form of, you already told me, a ghost. No, a dove. The dove was a ghost? No, the ghost was a dove. And, wait, 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 let me try and summarize this. God is his son, and his son is God, but his son moonlights as the Holy Ghost, a Holy Spirit and a dove, and they all send each other, even though they are all one and the same thing? You've got it. What? 
You really could be a nun. Thanks. Wait a minute. What I said, does that make any sense to you? Well, no. But it doesn't make sense to anybody. But that's exactly why you believe it. That's why you have to have faith. I mean, if it makes sense, it wouldn't be religion then, would it? End scene. It's certainly an entertaining exchange that you have to pay attention to closely to follow the logic and the theology. And even when chuckling yourself to yourself about the quick-witted wording of the conversation, you feel yourself being very confused all at the same time. As funny, as silly as the scene is, it sounds almost exactly like what I remember learning about the Holy Trinity in seminary. There's much understanding about the doctrine of the Trinity that is a mystery to be celebrated through continual and also never-ending conversation and learning. And the same is true of faith, isn't it? These nuns on the run even say it in their comedic exchange when talking about the Trinity. There is so much mystery about God, Son, and Holy Spirit that this is exactly why we should believe it. Why we should have faith. Because it harbors a wisdom greater than any other in this world. Much like what we read about from, heard, read about from Lady Wisdom in our reading from Proverbs. The lectionary introduces the reading in this way. In the Bible, wisdom has many faces. It is portrayed in terms sometimes human and sometimes divine. Often it is personified as feminine. In this passage, woman wisdom is depicted not only as the first creation of God, but also as God's helper, rejoicing in God's creation, especially in human beings. I don't know about you all, but I find reassurance in passages like this, where wisdom is personified as something greater than any wisdom of this world. And the closest thing we have, certainly, is the women in our lives. Because the quote-unquote wisdom of this world has failed mankind before. There have been so many faces of wisdom out there nowadays in leaders of country with different understandings and beliefs about what it means to be wise. It's difficult to be optimistic about wisdom, too. Difficult to be optimistic about how God intends for wisdom to be manifest in creation and in human beings because we are a part of that creation. But this lady wisdom from Proverbs has hope and rejoices in God's creation even when we can't. Hope in a creation, rejoicing in a creation that includes us, so maybe there is hope in spite of all the negativity we see in the headlines each day. The language of this proverbial passage reminds me a lot of the beginning of John's Gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In, he was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the life for all people. 
Further study of this passage, this text, and the whole of John's Gospel reveals that the word here is a direct reference to Jesus, another name which he has as light and truth, as the word. Jesus existed before all things just as Lady Wisdom did that we have read about today. And with just having celebrated Pentecost when the Spirit came upon the disciples, today we worship God as Holy Trinity. And we are called to understand that wisdom here is shared is a shared gift, and it is manifest by the amazing power of the Holy Spirit. And just like that Trinity harbors a wisdom greater than any other in this world, it gives us hope that it is greater than anything else we can strive for in this world. We have hope in finite, earthly, dying things all the time and are very often disappointed. But as the Apostle Paul wrote, the one hope in God that never disappoints is made known through the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul describes the life of faith with reference to God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And even now we have peace with God through Jesus. And our hope for the future is grounded in the love of God that we experience every day. As we, as, as we act and as we serve like Christ did for each other, for those in need in this world. With the Holy Spirit that gives us hope, we are invited into the Trinitarian relationship that exists between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So we are enabled to boast in God's grace so freely given to us, and also, and more importantly, boast in our suffering, knowing, too, that our God suffers because Jesus died for our sins. It seems a strange thing to the rest of this world to boast in suffering, especially because others may be quick to misinterpret and criticize us for having a Messiah complex, meaning that we think or assume our suffering is necessary to save ourselves or others. But rather what I think, rather what I believe that Paul meant by boasting in our suffering is not to think that God doesn't care about our suffering, or leaves us alone in it. No, rather, God is in the thick of our suffering with us because Christ suffered too. God is the comfort of an embrace of family and friends when we are suffering the most. With hope in our Maker and through the workings of the, each member of the Trinity, we do, as our Gospel text encourages, we work toward a newer and fuller understanding of faith a newer and fuller understanding of how great God's love is for us through Jesus' ministry of death and resurrection, through the Spirit's continual presence in our lives, a presence that gives us the ability to work on behalf of God for the other, and at the same time allow God's love to enter through the same Spirit at work in our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world. And really, I look no further than the bold embodiment in this congregation of everyone who is here who lives out their faith each day through the work that God has called them to. I'm inspired by each and every one of you. And today, 
Even as we bid farewell to some of you, we are inspired by your witness, by your willingness to be ready to transition to a new place, by the fact that you aren't intimidated by the new and fuller understandings of life and hope that are yet to come for you, that you receive with open arms. So our prayer for you, dear friends, is that you keep this calling in mind as you seek new and fuller understandings in life wherever that takes you. Our continued prayer is that we find the same will and sense of adventure that all of you are answering and living out today. It's interesting that Jesus says what he does in the first verse of our gospel. I still have many things to tell you, but you cannot bear them yet. Because in the chapter before, in verse 15 of chapter 15, he says, I have made known to you everything that I have heard from the Father. So how can Jesus have made everything known to the disciples and still have many things yet to tell them? We aren't meant to think that Jesus is being contradictory or wishy-washy or recanting important statements of faith, but rather pointing to a truth of the Holy Trinity, that it is a mysterious thing. Our faith in our God is a mysterious thing, but something that should free us to be open to the conversations, the growth, the challenges that come with it. And we support one another along the way, whether within the walls of this church or wherever we go. Thanks be to God, to the mystery of faith, to the mystery of the Holy Trinity that gives us hope to deal with the mysteries of this world. Amen.